Take your vaccine, you little bitches. Take your fucking vaccine. Or don't. Or don't take it. Whatever. You've been shoving donuts and funnings in your face for 30 years. Don't pretend your body is a newly christened temple all of a sudden. What's gotten you through the pandemic? White claw and incest porn. Oh, I don't trust the vaccine. It's just a money grab by Big Pharma. Of course it is. And so is everything else. Your Beyond Beef Veggie Burger is a money grab by Big Soy. So stop pretending your bodies are so goddamn precious. Take the vaccine or don't take it, but shut up about it. You've been shoving donuts and funions in your face. Donuts and funions. Yes. It is an experimental vaccine that's been barely tested on humans and was rushed to market too soon. So what? You think by not taking it, you're somehow going to stay noble and pure? Go fuck yourself. You're eating Cheetos and watching Futanari dick girl cartoons and getting orange dust all over your taints. If you're thinking that my... uh my porn references are specific and uh, somehow telling, go fuck yourself. Don't worry about my porn references. I know you want COVID to go on forever, so you have an excuse not to go to the gym, but you do want to bring back the good old days of bottomless mimosa brunches, right? Don't you miss Disney weddings? What you want you want the lease to run out on Cobra Kai? You want Sensei Johnny Lawrence to go out of business? He's not exactly a business guru, but he's the only one keeping all those kids from becoming pussies. All those kids. Their dojos closed, no karate, they're all gonna grow up to be fucking pussies. Do you want to be responsible for that? Then take your vaccine. Or don't. Don't take your vaccine. Do whatever you want. But if you do get the vaccine, don't think it makes you a good person. Getting your DNA changed a little so you don't drown in your own fluids doesn't make you morally superior. Don't get your vaccine and walk around like the cock of the walk. Don't pretend you're active. Self-preservation is one of self-sacrifice. You just spent a year publicly shaming anyone who expressed concern for the elderly suffering from loneliness. Get your vaccine. Don't get your vaccine. Shut the fuck up about it. Also, storming the Capitol is some real Rome shit, you know? Just an angry mob determined to roast and eat all those men of quality in the ashes of the Senate House. In the aftermath, once, you know, once all the blood has been cleaned out of the gutters, how would a Caesar restore order? How does Biden bring everyone together? when probably at least a third, if not half of the country, believes that Biden stole the election, when most of the representatives for the Republican Party voted against his confirmation. He can't really do a 
do a old heads on pikes thing over the city walls anymore. Kind of, that's not cool anymore. Even though a couple of Republican congressmen actively called for violence in the streets. So maybe they're forced to resign. Possibly they face some criminal charges. But probably not. I doubt they'll be inconvenienced at all. Or not very much. So what can Biden do? He's got to deal with tens of millions of working class whites who've been told two things by upper class whites. Either blacks, Latinos, Asians, and immigrants have stolen their jobs and will eventually replace them, or they lost their jobs to the inevitability of progress and it's their fault for never learning to code. Also, they can't learn to code because racists don't deserve an education. We look down on you for being ignorant. Also, we refuse to educate you so you have no path upwards. If you're told one of those two things, which narrative are you most likely to fall in line with? The white working class used to be liberal, or largely liberal. Of course, liberal meant something different back then, but they were pro-union, pro-organized labor, striking for better benefits and working conditions. Then they got tricked, tricked and suckered by the right into abandoning the left. The left started courting big corporate donors to compete with the right. The right never delivered on any of its promises to the white working class. The left started treating poor minorities like retarded stepchildren who couldn't help being what they are. Kind of like Mother Teresa. You know, you just fetishize being poor because being poor is noble. And then for the rich left, they had a noble burden of providing perpetual charity to the poor minorities who would always remain so. A lot of minorities don't like that narrative. A lot of whites don't like that narrative. And now the left is largely the party of privileged white women playing the intersectional game of victimhood, despite having had most everything handed to them. And these women and the bitch-ass men who want to fuck them hold their noses as the unwashed camo-wearing masses walk by. And then, understandably, the white working class feels like they're losing their country. But they're wrong. They lost their country 40 years ago when Reagan promised them that lower taxes on the rich paid for by cutting social services would somehow trickle down and make poor people better off. They lost all their hope of getting their country back 10 years ago when the Supreme Court ruled that corporations are people and can contribute unlimited funds to political campaigns. What is Biden to do now with all of that? What would Caesar do? Bread and circuses. That's the old Roman answer. I think it works just as well now. 
If you can't think of a new idea, bring back an old tried and true idea. Bread and circuses. Chick-fil-A and spectacles. Stimulus checks and Super Bowls. On Inauguration Day, which is coming up two days from now, Biden should declare a 100-day holiday. And every day we can all log into Zoom for 24 hours of the virtual Circus Maximus. And then every unemployed American can watch the Blue Angels and the Golden Knights. And once a day we all get a Big Mac, not more than 12 hours old, delivered to our door. And as a special weekly event, every Proud Boy, every 3 Percenter, every Antifa wannabe, Let's throw in some black Israelites, too. They can all enter a lottery to compete in a 150-person live-action Fortnite Battle Royale. And then the revenue from the online gambling on that event should more than cover the repairs to the capital. I would call that a win-win. Was it an insurrection? Can we call all the Trump supporters that stormed the Capitol insurrectionists? I mean, I know we are calling them that, but should we? I always kind of thought insurrections, insurrectionists would have stormed the Capitol building with guns lined up all the elected representatives against the walls and started a game of firing squad bingo. That's an insurrection to me. This was like a mob of enthusiastic trespassers armed with smartphones with no plan once they gained entry. And what does any good American do when you find yourself somewhere unexpected, somewhere new, you take selfies, and that's exactly what they did. They took a lot of selfies. Did some of the mobs storm the Capitol with the intention of insurrection? Oh, yeah, definitely. There's one jackass Christian Nazi kid, YouTube celebrity. He'd been chanting Emperor Trump the whole day. Yeah, definitely a lot of them had some sort of vague notion of insurrection. There was a lot of chatter about hanging people and executions and guillotines. They set up a nice little uh, gallows outside. But it seems like a lot of the mob was pretty naive. Pretty much all of them were naive, but most of them were, they seem to think like if they could just reach the floor of the house while Congress was voting, that they could plead their case in person to all the congressmen and congresswomen and make their government see what was obvious to everyone and thereby call the election for Trump. That seemed to be what a lot of people in that mob 
that was kind of like their pie in the sky. Like if they could just hear me in person, we could turn this all around. And then, of course, some thought that if they put a little fear into their elected representatives, then those representatives would do the right thing, end quote. And that makes sense. If you're going to have a riot, you know, target the apparatus of the state. Put some fear into the assholes who get paid to govern. And I don't think the Congress people were scared enough. They were Democrat and Republican leaders. Were, they were still bickering at each other when the mob was in the building. I read a minute-by-minute uh, a minute account put together by a bunch of journalists who were in the building. I guess they're like embedded, like it's a war or something. And then uh, one Democrat yelled over to the Republican side to call Trump and tell him to call the mob off through Twitter. I don't know how he's supposed to do that. Um, and then a Republican yelled back, I bet you Dems are glad you didn't defund the police now. An angry mob is descending on you men of quality to roast and eat you in the ashes of the Senate House and you still can't work together for your own survival. You might as well defund the police for all the good they did. We can use that money to fix the front doors. And while I find it amusing, uh, storming the Capitol is a big deal. Of course it is. Um, and because I, I find the rioters kind of quaint, that doesn't mean they shouldn't face legal repercussions. They probably should. But I don't know if I would call that an insurrection or a revolution. To me, it's more the, the cherry on top of a multi-layered confectionery of incompetence. Raging incompetence by a government that can't manage to distribute a vaccine, can't issue stimulus money to alleviate the unemployment that it created, can't even keep its own building secure. The only thing it's been consistently good at in my lifetime is giving itself a pay raise every year. And if any of you anxious little bunnies are scared, be scared of that. Be scared of the incompetence. It could have easily ended in firing squads or hostage taking with the subsequent standoff of the FBI's hostage rescue team storming the Capitol and just killing everybody, including the hostages. There could have been a massive body count. And why didn't the Capitol Police have better security of the building? Were they in on it? Were the cops sympathetic to the insurrectionists? That is the liberal conspiracy theory. Liberals love to uh, talk shit about the right and the right's conspiracy theories. The left has a, a full selection of its own conspiracy theories. And that's one of them, is that the cops are sympathetic to insurrections or something like that. And I'm sure some individual cops are. Um, there are individuals in every organization that are sympathetic to every fucking thing. But 
the reality is the cops failed to secure the Capitol for the same reason the mob of Trump supporters wandered the halls, breaking windows and taking selfies instead of reinstating Emperor Trump. It's the same reason a dog chases a car with no thought about what would happen if it caught one. It's just failure of imagination. And the dog, at least, can be forgiven. The failure of imagination on the part of the Capitol Police probably came from them thinking Trump supporters are pro-cop. I'm not necess- I'm not sure that they're really sympathetic to Trump supporters, but I think a lot of their uh, incompetency is uh, complacency. Complacency because they think Trump supporters are they're the party of law and order, and somehow they're going to be a little more civil. <laughs> but they're not, and they never have been. Trump supporters are pro-police when the cops are beating up on progressives. But when a cop tries to enforce a COVID mandate, they get anti-police real quick. Trump supporters like to say they're pro-cop, but then they'll vandalize shit and instigate brawls and violate what few gun regulations we have and plot to kidnap governors. So where is all this love for law and order? Why would the Capitol Police be completely unprepared? Incompetence. And I don't expect the police to have an overabundance of imagination. Some individual officers may have some, but organizations, as a rule, do not. Imagination does not thrive in an organization. And disorganized mobs have even less. And while I do have some empathy and pathos for, uh, for the people who stormed the Capitol, kind of like I would for any deranged schizophrenic talking to aliens in the street corner, I walked by one today. I walked by this middle-aged white guy, white guy at Adams Morgan right on Columbia Road, clearly a Trump guy, clearly that's not his neighborhood, <laughs> clearly psychotic yelling out at the top of his lungs what he claimed to be scripture while a bunch of liberals mostly white sat outside of restaurants on the sidewalk eating brunch and pretending that guy did not exist no masks by the way it's perfectly okay as a liberal to be out on the sidewalk with no mask on so long as you're shoving eggs benedict and mimosas down your fat face. But if you forget to put your mask on when you get up to walk home, you're a racist piece of shit. And I have some sympathy for the for the would-be insurrectionists. Also for the Capitol Police. It's that's a tough spot to be in. How many people go to work in the morning and get told by their boss that Today, your job is to keep an armed mob out of a building they really, really want to get into. I have some sympathy, but mostly I have contempt. Contempt for their lack of imagination. Especially the Q people. 
How can the same people who created an impressively imaginative and intricate, 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 there we go, imaginative and intricate live-action role-playing game like QAnon fail to predict the straightforward consequences of your bizarre 1776 reenactment. And not the consequences for them. I'm sure everyone who stormed the building, I'm sure they were perfectly willing to martyr themselves for Jesus or Trump or whoever. I'll say one thing about the mob that stormed the Capitol. There were no cynics. Not one cynic broke through those doors. All the cynics who may have showed up for Trump, once people started storming the Capitol, they were probably like, now it's time to go home. <laughs> so not the consequences for them. I'm, they're all, they all seem to be true believers. I'm sure they're willing to die for whatever. But the consequences for the rest of us, for the country they claim to love so much, specifically... The Biden administration pushing forward a new Patriot Act 2.0, the new war on domestic terror, which will be a war on poor white people. So right now we've got a war on drugs, which is a war on poor blacks, poor Latinos. We've got a war on terror, which is a war on poor immigrants. And it looks like we're going to have a war on domestic terror, which will be a war on poor whites. And now we can finally punish all the disgusting, dirty, poor people for making crony capitalism and corporate oligarchy look bad. We've managed to make America so great that we've reached the level of our own incompetence. But I have to say, there is still room for optimism. I'm not a fan of calling it an insurrection or a coup, but Trump did try to stage a coup. <laughs> it's weird, it, it was a coup, a coup attempt. I don't want to call it that, but it was. I'm having a uh, having a personal conflict. I don't want to call it a coup because that will just enable, you know, our elected representatives to chip away at our uh, rights a little bit. But it was a kind of a coup. <laughs> Technically, it's called a self coup, and it's the same shit Erdogan has done, what Chavez did. You know, it's how Batista got control of Cuba, and it's what Castro did to take control of Cuba away from Batista. And it's what, over the last four years, Trump has done. You know, it's the same playbook. He tried to control the media, and I'd have to say he kind of succeeded in that. I'm sure CNN and the New York Times tell themselves that they were hashtag resisting, but the majority of their coverage in the last four years was about Trump and through the lens of Trump 
If it couldn't be viewed through the lens of Trump, it wasn't a story. How many children have starved to death in Yemen in the last four years? And what's going on with those open-air slave markets in Libya? Are we doing something about that? Who knows? If it's not about Trump, it's not important. And new media, social media, Twitter and Facebook, they are more than happy to profit off of Trump right up until the end. Now that he's not president, they have principles. They can cancel his account, but... I kind of wonder if the coup had been successful, if Trump had managed to stay in power, would Twitter and Facebook have canceled his account? Turns out the legacy media are whores and the new media are no different. But here's where I'm optimistic. Trump tried to control the judiciary He appointed an assload of federal judges, like hundreds, three in the Supreme Court, and all of his legal team's attempts to overturn the election were thrown out. Trump tried to control the military, and all the past and present generals in charge wrote a letter that basically said, go fuck yourself. He fired the heads of Most of our government institutions put in people who he thought would be loyal to him, loyal to him over the nation, and he completely hijacked the entire Republican Party. And the few like Romney who resisted or are resisting, they're hated by their own party more than Antifa. And still, Trump failed. He tried pretty hard to subvert the Constitution, which is a document that's, uh, you know, it's, it's been showing its age lately. And I'm not completely unopposed to maybe refreshing that particular document. But it's pretty cool that despite, you know, the last two decades since 9-11 and the last year in particular, The basic structure of separation of powers and checks and balances is mostly held up. You know, we have elections and uh, somebody wins an election and that's kind of it. We gnash our teeth and complain because our guy didn't get in, but, you know, we got outvoted. Sometimes we might get robbed a little bit, like in 2000. Kind of, you know, Gore kind of got robbed. That wasn't great, but, uh, yeah. Hillary, I wasn't a big fan of Hillary. She kind of got robbed a little bit, you know. She did win the popular vote. She wasn't a great candidate. You know, they probably should have put somebody else on that Democratic ticket, but I guess they thought it was her turn. Which, that annoyed me. It's nobody's turn to be president. Um, But, you know, Trump kind of won because of a technicality, but the technicality was legal and valid. So, despite all the attempts at uh, Democrats to push him out of office or get him out of office, you know, 
he got in. The system kind of upheld it. We don't always like the way it turns out, but this time it turned around in Democrats' favor, and Trump has been trying really hard <laughs> to uh, stay in power, and he failed, you know? Maybe the system's broken, but it seems to me like the system's working. It just seems broken when it doesn't work in our favor, maybe. So, despite being a cynic, that does give me cause for a little bit of optimism. And I guess the takeaway is, as long as everyone on all sides continues to demonstrate equal levels of incompetence, we'll all be free. (laughs) 